And I don't believe in magic, so to speak, but I do believe that we can have magical experiences when we know what we're doing. We know why we're doing it. We get out of our own way. When we harness the power of our mind and we leverage the power of the universe, we stop micromanaging the journey. We start actually enjoying the journey as we go because that's what I realized that's what it's all about. It's all about joy in the journey instead of wanting to skip the journey and get right to the destination, which is what I wanted to do my whole life. Are you an ambitious, God-centered woman who is ready to live her best life now? My name is Allison Chavis, and on this podcast, I'm going to show women like you how to master your inner game so you can get out of your own way, lay down the struggle, manifest your dreams, and love life as you go. If you're ready to play the inner game to win instead of playing it not to lose so you can live your best life for the rest of your life, then head on over to prosperityapproach.com slash go and get started. Hello, Prosperity Seeker, and welcome to another episode of The Prosperity Approach. I'm your host, Allison Chavis. One of the things that I love about creating and redesigning your reality is the fact that you don't have to do the heavy lifting when you will learn how to leverage the power of the universe. And I wanted to spend a few episodes talking about some of the power of the universe that is at your disposal to leverage, and they're called universal laws. These are universal laws that govern prosperity and creation. And in my decades worth of study of different universal laws, I have actually organized them in ways that made sense to me, first and foremost. I did this for me, but I found that it's been enormously helpful for others as well. Is I realized that there are laws that you can use to get you going in whatever the redesign is in your reality. And then there's laws that you use when it seems like nothing is working. And I thought this was really, really beautiful. Now, we all know about the law of attraction. That's like the superstar law and the only law that people talk about all the time. And is the law powerful? Yes. But there are other laws that are more powerful than the law of attraction. When you understand what the law is, how it works, but most importantly, how to implement it in your life. So I thought it'd be fun to do a series on the universal laws and what they look like and how they actually show up in your life so that you can actually use the law the way it was intended, which is to be an enormous assistant to you in creating the life that you desire. It's one of the ways that you have success without struggle is harnessing this power or leveraging this power that is so far beyond you, but it is at your disposal that will really help you create it. If you want to follow along, or if not that I'm going to do these in any particular order, um, I did write a book called The Prosperity Approach, and all 21 of these laws are here in my book. And so you're welcome to go pick that up. You can go to my website, alisonchavis.com, and just click on book at the top of that toolbar, and it will take you right to my book that you can get as a Kindle download, or you can get it mailed to you. So I've had so many people say, Allison, where can I find a book on the laws? And I'm like, oh, I wrote it. I wrote a book on the universal laws, the ones that really helped me. And this was just from years of research and website searches and reading books and pulling things out. And then 
and then organizing them. And, and here's the thing. The information that you hear isn't new. It's just the way that it's organized. And I've been shown a really simple, straightforward way to organize the steps of redesigning your reality in ways that people can hear them and see them and then pick them up and implement them. And that's been really, really fun to see over the years, knowing that it doesn't just work for me. It works for absolutely anybody who will do the work. You got to let the work work, but you've also got to do the work. But the work is delightful. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of discipline at first, but it is so much easier than the way you're running life now and the way you're working life now. And it is absolutely worth whatever is required to be able to get life to bend to your will instead of you waiting for life to toss you a bone every once in a while. So let's talk about universal laws. And I'm actually going to dedicate this episode to the universal law of attraction. Um, just because it's the law that I'm the least impressed with, quite honestly, and it's the one that gets the most attention. But I do want to share with you my experience with the law of attraction when I didn't know how to use the law of attraction. So it, it will still work. So the law of attraction was given all of its notoriety back in the early 2000s with the book, The Secret. And, and it's a, it's a great book, except the parts that it isn't because it gives you enough information and enough hope to be dangerous. And so many people tried using the secret and then just had their hopes dashed again and again and again, because they didn't have a really critical piece in this. I mean, they sprinkled it in and mentioned it just a little bit, but it's the inspired action part of it that they didn't really talk about. And, and I can only speak to personal experience and how the laws have worked in my life. And that was the experience that I had with the secret. And perhaps you had a different and a better and more powerful experience with it. That's fantastic. Again, I can only speak into my experience that I have had with all of these laws and the rules and, and putting it all together and organizing it in a way that makes it easy to pick up and easy to implement. So the law of attraction says that as within, so without, like attracts like. Birds of a feather flock together. All the cliches about the law of attraction. The law of attraction says that that which is like unto itself is drawn to itself. And so what you send out comes back. That's a law of attraction. And when I was first playing around with this law, God, I took everything so literally. Everything, everything was just literal. I couldn't see how it worked. It had to, I was so consumed with the form things had to take that I actually got in my own way and didn't realize I was getting in my own way and kind of like, like messing up with the universe's mojo just a little bit. I was making it harder than it needed to be. So for instance, in, in one of the many books on the law of attraction that I have read, it talks about visualizing, right? And picturing what you want and how it's going to feel. And they said, do something that's really easy, like a butterfly. And this was January. And I live just outside of Salt Lake City, Utah. And I was like, there are no butterflies in January in Utah. I'm not going to find a butterfly. Even though I can visualize it all day long because the whole idea is you visualize it and then you're going to find it, right? Like it will, it will find you. It will come to you. <laughs> and I was just like, how could it even come to me? There, there are no butterflies. 
around here because I was thinking of a literal butterfly whose wings would flap and it would just like land on my finger and we just sing a song together, right? And so my disbelief actually shut down the whole experiment because I was so fixed on the form and how it was going to come. I didn't know how it would come. I'm like, I guess I have to use this experiment in the spring or the summertime to give the poor butterfly a chance to find me. But I didn't realize that butterflies could be on napkins. They could be on paper towels. They could be on decals. They could be tattooed on people's bodies. They could, um, a butterfly could be talked about in a book. Like there's so many different forms that that butterfly could take to be brought to me. But I was so caught up on the one form that I killed the whole experiment without even meaning to. Most of us do this. So, and and this is after like really playing around with the law and and all of the other laws and letting them assist me. So I'm not doing the heavy lifting anymore. And then I, so I realized, you know, we, we tend to connect the dots backwards after it's all done. Oh, that's what I did. So I just look at, I look at that version of myself with love and compassion and a sense of humor. I was doing the best I could, but I just kept getting in my own way. So we're going to back up to 2011. 2011 was when my brother died very suddenly. Life became very dark for me very, very quickly. I became cynical. I was snarky. I was skeptical about everything. I felt like God had turned his back on me, that he was fully aware of what I wanted to do in my life, and he just didn't care enough to help me. That was actually the catalyst to me looking into universal laws that I felt I could trust more because they were impartial. Obey the law, you get the blessing that's attached or the reward that's attached to the law. You disobey the law and you get the penalty that's attached with disobeying the law. It's very cut and dried. It's very clear. You don't have to be a good girl or a bad girl or, you know, kiss anybody's butt for it. You just know what the law is. Obey the law. You'll get the reward that's attached to the law. So I really like that. And the only law at the time I knew about was the law of attraction. And interestingly enough, just as a side note, the law of attraction is one of the laws you use when nothing's working. It's not generally a law to use to get you going because it's it, just just because of generally where we're at in our own thinking and belief system when we're starting to pick up these laws and use them. So I was reading a book on the law of attraction and I really wanted to experiment with it, even though I had tried it so many times in the past and failed. But my husband and I, for our 15th wedding anniversary that was coming up in 2011, wanted to go to Disney World. And this was still when I was really tight, really cheap. We didn't have enough money. There was never enough of anything that I really wanted. I was still running those programs and having that experience in life. And I had I decided that uh, we needed to go. It was such a hard year. I wanted to get away. Disney was my happy place. Somebody else would take care of me. I didn't have to be the mom. I didn't have to be the boss. I just got to be me and, you know, live in Disney magic. And I, and I just really, our family, well, Jeremy and I really love Disney. We love that whole magic and everything that it represents to us. And I wanted to play with the law of attraction in Disney World. And what I wanted was a behind the scenes experience in Disney World. Now they have these like keys to the kingdom tour and these go into the tunnels tour. And they were like, I don't know, $7 million a person back then. Like, I don't know how much they were, several hundred dollars. But remember, I was running this program of no way, no how. And so it wasn't like we could just, that we were just going to sign up for one of these tours because I ran the program that we couldn't afford it. So then we couldn't. So I was like, I don't, I don't know how that's going to happen. We don't know anybody who works at Disney. I couldn't just, you know, 
go into the cast members only area. I'm totally a rule follower and my husband's even more so than I am. So that's not going to work. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I was reading a book. I actually took the book on the plane. I think it's called The Law of Attraction, but I don't even remember who wrote it or I would give you that reference and that resource. So sorry, but anyway, I'm reading this book and then I'm wanting to practice with it. And one of the things she says is, you know, just like, let it go, like visualize what it would look like and how it would feel. And then just kind of forget about it and be okay if it doesn't come. So I thought that that was an interesting point that I had to be okay with it if it didn't come. Because if you're just really tied to the outcome, you're actually violating several universal laws when you're doing that. And it just kinks up all of the energy from it being able to come to you with ease and effortlessness and with joy and with flow. And so I thought, well, okay, well, like that would be like the crowning event of Disney is if we had some sort of a behind the scenes experience. And I want to be able to walk on all of the big rides without having to wait in these huge long lines. So those those were like my two big goals, so to speak, for Disney. But I didn't care if I got them or not. I just knew I was going to Disney and I was going to escape and everything was going to be okay once we got to Disney. So I was already in full expectation that we were going to have a magical trip. And so we land and you know, we get to our ho- we get to our hotel, we stay on property, we love staying on Disney property and just immersing ourselves in that whole Disney experience. And I start looking for things that are magical because what better and easier way to find magic than in the place that creates magic, which is Disney. And so we're looking, you know, we're just having these experiences. This is back when you wore the big buttons and they got to you got to personalize them. We would go into restaurants and they were like, congratulations on your anniversary, have a free dessert. And they'd hand us a free cookie and they would all like applaud for us. And I was like, that is magical. Oh my word, I love that. And then they would say, there's no way you've been married for 15 years. So, you know, they'd stroke my ego, make me feel really pretty and really young. And they call me princess. And I'm like, this is just magical. This is so much fun. And we had lines that were kind of long, but I didn't care. I was there with Jeremy. He's my best friend. We're having a great time. All these burdens are just off my shoulders and I'm just finding all of the magic in the most magical place on earth. And we get to the last night that we are going to be in Disney. And throughout the week, we had noticed Lots of like tacky behavior from some of the guests, right? The parents having meltdowns, screaming at their kids. And, you know, I was like, wow, that's not a very magical experience for them. Why would, why would you bring your kid to Disney World? That is crazy, especially for your own anniversary. That's a conversation for another day. But we, Jeremy and I had this conversation and we said, where do cast members go when they want to go on vacation? Do they come to Disney World or they just want to get away from this because they have to deal with hot, hungry, tired, ornery guests and tourists all day long? So it was just a fun conversation that we were having and speculation on on how they are. And we were in a line for Tower of Terror in Hollywood Studios. And we were right behind these two girls that were college age girls young 20s. And quite honestly, they were a little bit obnoxious. I will I will say this. They were a little bit loud. They were a little bit obnoxious. And it came to my attention that they were actually cast members that were 
on their day off. And so since it is actually socially acceptable to talk to perfect strangers when you're in line at Disney World, I just leaned in and I said, hey, so we noticed that you're cast members, right? And they said, yeah, we're doing the intern program and told us where they worked. One of them worked at a hotel as a lifeguard and the other one like did daycare or something. So they weren't working in the parks, but they were on the resort. And I said, so we were just wondering, where do you guys go on your day off? Like, do you get sick of this place? Like, does working here like take the shine off of Disney? And they're like, no way. In fact, it's actually more magical being a cast member. This is our day off and we're here in the park and it's so great. So we're, you know, we just have this conversation with them and we move through the line in Tower of Terror. And they said, okay, the thing that's super cool about Tower of Terror in Disney World is it's completely random. The Disneyland one is not random. You get like six drops and that's it. But the one in Disney World is is computerized and it's totally random. And they said, if you're really lucky... At the very end, the spooky ghost family will pop up on the screen and wave at you. And then you you get shot up to the top and you get one more big drop. And that had never happened to us. And we've been to Disney World several times. They're like, it doesn't happen hardly ever. But that would be cool. And I'm like, yeah, that would be really cool. So we go on Tower of Terror and that happens. We get the family. Shoot us back up. One more huge drop. It was so much fun. And just as a little side note, we've been to Disney so many times since then. We've never had that happen again. So we are totally stoked. And they said, hey, where are you guys going next? You know, we'll just like hang out with you guys. You're kind of cool. And I said, well, we want to go over to Rock and Roller Coaster. But we noticed that it's got like a 50 minute wait. And we're just not interested in a 50 minute wait. It's our last night here. And they said, follow us. I was like, well, okay, I'm game. And back then, as a cast member, you have just a fast pass for everything. So they showed the the guys up front, their cast member, they showed us that we were their guests and we got to take the fast pass line. And I think the wait was less than five minutes. We walked right on Rock and Roller Coaster and had a fantastic time. So we end up closing down that park and there were extra magic hours at Epcot. They said, where are you going after this? And I said, well, we're going to close out Epcot. And they're like, we'll meet you there. Fantastic. Let's meet there. So we meet there and we go on Soren. And they said, the best place on Soren is like row, row B seat two. It's like right in the middle. It's right in the middle of the screen. You get the, the greatest view. You don't see people's feet hanging down over you. It's the perfect position on the ride. And guess where we just happened to get? Right there. And we walk right on the line or right on the ride. So we end up walking around Epcot and we're talking about, you know, their experience working for Disney. But what I really wanted to know was like the ride operators and the different, the different characters and like what, what happens like truly behind the scenes. And they ran into a couple of their buddies who worked at Magic Kingdom. And one of them worked on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. And the other one was one of the characters that did all the dancing and things. They they were Mickey. And so they told us some of the tips and tricks and the magic that happens behind the scenes in Disney. 
And we walk around the World Showcase. It has all the different countries. We come to Mexico. Mexico has churros. And usually you get like, you know, three little churros and they're like $80 when you stop at Mexico. But because they were friends, we got this this little basket of churros that was just piled high of churros that we all got to enjoy. And it was it was incredible. It was so much fun. It was the perfect way to end a magical vacation and a magical escape with Jeremy for our 15th wedding anniversary. It wasn't until I got home and was thinking about it several days later that I realized, holy cow, I manifested that. I manifested walking on every big ride I wanted. I manifested behind the scenes tour of the parks, having no idea, having no resources, having no money to do it and no connections to do it. (gasps) Holy cow, the law of attraction works. That was the first real success story that I had with the law of attraction. And the thing that was most powerful to me about that whole experience was looking back on it and realizing I did that. Most of us stumble into these laws. Most of us stumble into our goals or stumble into manifesting without really knowing what we did. And that was the the first experience I had really had with it as well. Successfully, I sort of stumbled into it too. But it was just finding the magic that it was already that was already there, being okay if it didn't come. Like if we hadn't met those girls and we hadn't had that experience, I wouldn't have been like, well, that was a wasted trip and kind of a bummer of a 15th wedding anniversary vacation. No way. It was so much fun. We, we that was when we were like, well, Disney World is no place for kids. Why would we ever bring our kids back here again unless they're adults? They can take care of themselves, right? Like it was, it was amazing. And it would have been that way even if we hadn't had that super duper magical night that ended the entire trip. And guess what? I wasn't looking for that throughout the whole trip either. Ooh, are they cast members? Ooh, are they cast members? Maybe they'll talk to me. It wasn't any of that. I'd actually kind of forgotten about it. I had just like thought, well, this would be really fun. And that would be really fun. I don't know how it would possibly come, but here we go. And, and, and that was it. It's very simple. The laws are simple. The laws are straightforward. And the laws will work, but you have to know how to work the law. And too often, we demand the law to meet us where we are. You come down and help me instead of adjusting ourselves to be able to use the law correctly. That's how you get leverage, is understanding how they work, how they apply in your life. Who cares about theory? Honestly, who cares about the theory of prosperity? You know it. I know it. My biggest problem was I didn't know how. And I knew it, but I didn't have it. And I was so frustrated all the time. I'm like, I know I'm not stupid. I'm, and I know I'm not lazy. I'm super ambitious. Why isn't this working? What's wrong with me? Nothing was wrong with me. Just my approach. My approach needed to be tweaked. And you want to talk about the magic of life and 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 working with the unseen realm which is so powerful you know i don't i don't believe in unicorns and fairies and i don't know 
like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in that. But I do believe that life can feel very magical. And I don't believe in magic, so to speak. But I do believe that we can have magical experiences. When we know what we're doing, we know why we're doing it. We get out of our own way. When we harness the power of our mind and we leverage the power of the universe, we become freaking unstoppable. We stop micromanaging the journey. We start actually enjoying the journey as we go. Because that's what I realized. That's what it's all about. It's all about joy in the journey instead of wanting to skip the journey and get right to the destination, which is what I wanted to do my whole life. Just Let's just be done with that. Let's just be done with the journey and get to the destination. The miracles are in the journey, not in the destination. And the journey is the destination. So if the journey sucks, the destination is going to suck as well. And it does. If you struggle your way there, you're going to struggle to maintain it. The struggle is not necessary. The challenge is necessary. As you up level into higher and higher success in every area of your life, the challenge is necessary. The struggle is completely optional. And my mission and my passion is to show you how to end the struggle and to bring joy to the lives of millions of families around the globe and to have you genuinely, authentically wake up every morning thinking, I love my life. Let's do this day. And you're flawed and I'm flawed and you're not going to do it perfectly and you don't have to, but you no longer have to do the heavy lifting. You no longer have to figure it out as you go because all of those pieces are laid out for you as you go. It's this beautiful trail of breadcrumbs and it's so much fun. I am super excited to dive into the other laws with you. I don't think we're going to go into as much detail with the other laws as we did with this one. But again, I can only speak into my experience. And that experience with the law of attraction and being successful with that was the first time that I thought, oh, dang, there really is something to these laws. I should probably study them. And so I've, I've done the work and I blazed the trail for you. So if you want this spoiler alert, go get the prosperity approach over at alisonchavez.com and you can start reading on all of those laws. But we're going to spend a few episodes unpacking them and, and showing how you can leverage them and use them correctly because they are astronomically powerful and they are at your disposal and they're here for you to use and to bless your life and the lives of others. So join me next time. And until then, remember, prosperity becomes you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Prosperity Approach. If you haven't already, be sure to head over to prosperityapproach.com slash 52 ways and pick up your free copy of The Prosperity Guide. This guide will help you discover 52 different ways to dissolve fear and overwhelm, grow your wealth consciousness and experience success without struggle. Until next time, remember, the challenge is necessary on your journey to success, but the struggle isn't. 